0: This is a Willets Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willets Point Shea Stadium. Oh, yes it is. The Subway to Shea podcast, Anthony Rivera, here with you, talking about all the news and happening surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Casts. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. Please also take a few minutes to write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week for you Met fans out there. So by going on Apple Podcasts, rating the show from 1 to 5 stars, and leaving a comment in the review section, you can help this show get better and better and climb the rankings in sports, baseball, and Mets podcasts. Now, if you're a new listener to the podcast, thanks for joining us. If you are already a fan, thanks for your continued support. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Before we launch into today's topics, I want to thank my good friend Tyler Ward, a.k.a. Wardy NYM. He had me on his show this week. It's called the New York Mets Talk Live, and I got to co-host with him. It was a lot of fun as we recapped the Giants series, previewed the Dodgers series, and even took some Q&A from his viewers. If you haven't done this already, please subscribe to his YouTube channel, Warty NYM. He produces great content daily, and it's a very, very fun look into the New York Mets. Now, it's time for episode 36 of Subway to Shea, and we start off with Uncle Steve lighting a fire under the New York Mets after a tough, tough couple of series against the Dodgers and against the Giants, where they started off 0-5. They started with a sweep from the Dodgers, and then they lost the first two to the San Francisco Giants. Following that, on Wednesday morning, Steve Cohen tweeted, It's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. Now, what to take away from the tweet? that Steve Cohen mentioned on Wednesday, and it got everyone in an upheaval. Fans were either for it or against it. Now, I'm going to start off by saying, yes, Mr. Cohen is the owner. He is the owner of the New York Mets. But guess what? He's also a fan, like you and me. And he was just stating the obvious. Everything that we've known, everything that we've probably all tweeted ourselves, he put in this one tweet. So I'm surprised by some of the fan reaction to what he said, and I'm very surprised that people were against what he said. Now, the Wilpons never really said anything, and a lot of Mets fans were unhappy about it, including me. So here, we have an owner who speaks his mind. Steve Cohen spoke his mind, not only as the owner, but as a fan of the New York Mets. And even then, Mets fans were unhappy. What do you want from him? What do you want from this team? I even saw tweets saying Cohen's comments may sway players from not coming to the Mets. And I don't agree with that. Because at the end of the day, money talks and BS walks. And you know what BS means. If Steve Cohen offers a lot of money to these players, they're going to come and play for New York. Just the same way as George Steinbrenner used to do when he was the owner of the New York Yankees. Imagine George Steinbrenner on Twitter. Now, I think that not what Steve Cohen said, but some of the people on Twitter who attack the players and threaten the players' families on social media, I think that's a reason for players that don't want to come here. Not because of what Steve Cohen said. And look what that tweet turned into. The Mets seemed to somewhat respond in the finale against the Giants, in which they won 6-2. Now, not everything was solved in that game. It's a little deceiving because of the score. Obviously, the Mets could not hit for the first nine innings, and it took them the ninth inning to tie the game up at one. They took the lead, thankfully. Jury's family gave it back, but then, with two men on, Kevin Pillar showed some life Brought the bench mob back to life and hit a three run home run, followed by Chance Cisco's RBI double. So the Mets came back, won that game 6 2. I like to say it's the first win following the Steve Cohen tweet, and who knows, maybe it did light a fire under them. I am still not convinced that this hitting is going to wake up. Everything that is supposed to make this offense tick has been bad this season, throughout the entire season, whether it's situational hitting. Patience at the plate, the base running, good example, Jonathan B.R. getting thrown out the numerous times that he's been thrown out this season on base. Runners in scoring position, the Mets are, I think, dead last. Something's got to give, right? A clutch hit here or there in the Dodgers series, and the Mets could have won that series. They could have taken the first two games of the series if they would have gotten one or two clutch hits. So I'm totally not convinced yet that this offense is ready to run on all cylinders. And who's accountable? for all of this. The coaches, obviously, louis Rojas, Hugh Quadlebaum, Kevin Howard, but they don't hit for these players. I know they come up with the strategy and the approach, but they don't hit for them. I will say this about the accountability. Pete Alonso is definitely the leader of this team. He has taken on a huge role for the Mets. He's always answering questions, especially during this rough stretch. He's been answering numerous, numerous questions, and he hasn't folded. I know the media has been trying to get him, you know, to get out of character and and get him angry, but he hasn't folded. He's been straight through the whole way. Kind of reminds me of David Wright. Remember in all those tough years from 2009 all the way to 2014 when the Mets were struggling, who did they always go to? David Wright. Every day, David Wright in his locker room, ready to answer questions during all the tough losses, during all the struggles, David Wright was there. And eventually he became the captain, and deservedly so. And I think that's what's in the line for Pete Alonso. I think eventually Pete Alonzo will become the captain of the New York Mets. With that said, others need to be held accountable and speak. Jeff McNeil, Michael Conforto, who was supposed to be that de facto leader. He was supposed to take the reins from David Wright when he left. That's all we heard about. That's all we heard about in the offseason. That's what I thought in the offseason, that he would be the leader of this team. And I kind of feel like he's not. He hasn't really talked to the press as much, especially during his struggles. We don't hear that much from Jeff McNeil, who's had an uncharacteristic off-year himself. Where are they? Day in and day out during these pressers. Pete's there, where are they? Where's Hugh Quadlebaum? Why is he not answering questions? I really don't know what he's doing, but he tells us all, trust the process, trust the process. Anytime I hear someone say trust the process, it usually does not go well. Now, Luis Rojas. I'm at the point where, with Luis, that I kind of don't want him to go nuts on the team. I don't want him to go Terry Collins. I know I put posted a couple weeks ago. I posted the Terry Collins in 2016 when he got fired up and that post-game speech led to the team going on a run. But I don't know if I want to see that from Luis Rojas right now. I think I changed my mind on it. I feel like if he was to do that, it would seem disingenuous just to placate to the media and us fans because that's what we've been wanting to see. But if he was going to do it, he should have done it already. And to see him do it, what, maybe in the last month or so, probably while he's fighting to keep his job, it just would seem disingenuous to me. Now, I don't know if firing Luis Rojas will do much because he doesn't play on the field. But maybe it's time to bring in new personnel. Maybe in the offseason, I feel like the J.D. Davis, the uh, even Dom Smith, who I'm a huge fan of, Jeff McNeil, and quite possibly Michael Incaforto. I feel like those four could possibly be gone next year. So we'll see what happens with this team. They definitely need a different mix. They need new blood on this team because from 2018 to now, this team hasn't produced much, especially on the offensive side. They have not been a great offensive team. We've gotten the sampling. Steve Cohen has seen what's going on. Zach Scott has seen what's going on. And it may be time to go in a different direction. Now, I'm not saying to blow the entire team up. Obviously, you're going to want to keep Pete because he's the leader of the team. Lindor is here to stay. Who knows? Maybe they re-sign Baez. Obviously, Jeff McCann is here for a long time. But in between that, there may be a lot of changes coming to this team. And those four that I mentioned may be on the outside looking in. Obviously, I would want to also keep Brandon Nimmo, possibly move him to a corner outfield spot and maybe get a center fielder. I know there's been talk about even if Michael Conforto accepts the qualifying offer that the Mets will look for a corner outfielder. So it's not certain that Michael Conforto's returning. If you can move Nimmo, because obviously he's an on-base machine, he hits pretty decently, that's the kind of guy that you want to keep on this team. He's been a great leadoff hitter so far. If you can move him to a corner outfield spot, I think it would be a whole lot better. That means that Dom Smith is going to have to move out of the outfield. He's not going to play first unless maybe there's a DH, Because if there's no DH, Pete Alonso's got to play first. And I think he's improved very, very much this season at first base. Some can say that he's a possible gold glove first baseman. So he's not going anywhere. Then you got to think, Robinson Cano, what are they going to do with him? Are they just going to outright release him and eat the contract? We don't know. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter. I know people were upset with the scheduling. Why are the Mets playing the Dodgers and the Giants 14 straight games? And why are the Braves now playing the Orioles and the Marlins? Well, this was the time and schedule during this year that when the Mets came here to play the Dodgers, the Giants for 14 straight, this was going to be their time where if they couldn't win, they still had built up enough time and enough games where it didn't matter if they struggled during these couple of series. But what happened? The Mets lost to the Pirates. The Mets lost to the Marlins. The Mets lost games they should have won. The Mets screwed the Mets. They had an opportunity to do damage and they didn't take advantage of it. And it's been such a struggle that now we hope that the Mets can at least take two or four from the Dodgers and somewhat win their first series in a while and beat the Giants at home. If the Mets can take two out of four from the Dodgers, carry that momentum to City Field at home with their home fans, and take this series from the Giants, there's still opportunity for the Mets to get back in this. And I know a lot of fans have said that they're done. It's over with. But look at this. I read on SNY that the the Atlanta Braves are going to play in eight games. They're going to play the Yankees. They're going to play the Dodgers. They're going to play the Giants and even the Colorado Rockies for a four game set. It's going to be the time to pounce on them. If the Mets don't take advantage here, if they don't come away with two wins against the Dodgers at least and win the series against the Giants, September is going to be a very, very disappointing month. They need to stay in this. To me, the Mets are not out until they're mathematically out. So let's see what happens. I know the Phillies have been on a losing streak, so the Mets are not too far from them. And the Braves are the hottest team right now. Can the Mets keep up with them? One person who they might not have in this stretch run is Jacob deGrom. As you know, he got shut down again. And now Pat Ragazzo of Sports Illustrated stated that there is a 99.9% chance that Jacob deGrom will miss the rest of the season. Now, after the second setback... I think, and, and this is how I was playing it out in my mind, that the Mets should have acted like he was going to be missing the season after the first setback. After this second setback, I remember saying the Mets should go ahead as if DeGrom is out for the season. And I said that same thing about Carrasco and Syndergaard. Carrasco's back now, and Syndergaard's on the way, but you need to act like if these guys were not coming back. And the Mets didn't do that during the trade deadline. Yeah, they got Rich Hill and Trevor Williams, but that wasn't enough. And now they're in a sticky situation. They're going to have to contend without their best pitcher, without the best pitcher in all of baseball. And it sucks. It sucks to lose DeGrom. DeGrom was on a historic pace. This was about to be one of the greatest seasons in all of pitching, in all of baseball. And we won't even get that. No Cy Young. No MVP. It might be just over this season. And we don't know... What this injury leads to, because we don't know the severity of it. People keep asking about Tommy John surgery. Hopefully it's not that, because if it is, then you lose DeGrom for another season. But hopefully it's not that. What needs to happen? I think Luis Rojas needs to sit the starting pitchers down, needs to rally the troops, and break down this situation with them. Let them know Jacob DeGrom is out for the rest of the season and that they need to step up, and that they're in charge of their own destiny. Marcus Stroman needs to lead this rotation. Obviously, his record does not show how good he's been this year. He's 8-12, but with a 2.84 ERA, and he's pitched well. He's pitched very well, and hopefully it continues. The one thing I will say is I think the Mets are in a better situation than they were a couple of months ago. Now, hear me out. I know it sounds weird, but hear me out. During the middle of the season, when we lost DeGrom and we lost Walker and Peterson and Yamamoto, the Mets only had three starters to go with. And the rest of the games were bullpen games. At least now, with DeGrom out, we have a very reliable Marcus Stroman. You have Taiwan Walker turning things around. You have Tylor McGill doing things that we never thought he would have been doing. And it's been great. It's been great to see him do what he's doing. You also have Rich Hill, who hopefully from here on out can give us five innings. And you have Cookie Carrasco. Hopefully, if these guys can at least give us five innings a game, we've got it. The last two games with Strowman and McGill. Hopefully, the rest of the rotation can step up. It seems like some of them are turning the corner. I, I feel like we still get it. We need to feel for what uh, Carlos Carrasco is going to do this for the rest of the season. But if these guys can give us quality starts, that can go a long way. They also have Trevor Williams as a backup. He pitched well in his first game, and you got a very good bullpen. The pitch-ins carried us all year, and it's going to need to do that into September and hopefully, hopefully into October. Another pitcher coming back, Noah Syndergaard. He'll probably be out of the bullpen, but more depth is coming. The big thing is, like we mentioned earlier on in the show, the offense. Will the offense step up? It's been awful all year round, except for that one stretch, and that was because of the bench mob. The starters have never really got clicking, but we're going to need them to. With Francisco Lindor coming back soon and Javi Baez coming back soon, this offense needs to step up. It needs to have a big September. They have a lot of work to do if they want to get back in this, if they want to win the division, because the wild card is out of play. That's coming from the West. But can this Mets team... Make it to the playoffs. We'll find out. Now, my final thoughts before this train leaves this station, I talked about it a little earlier, but make sure to check out the latest edition of New York Mets Talk Live. I co-hosted it with Tyler Ward, a.k.a. N Y M. You can follow him on Twitter, at N Y M and subscribe to his YouTube channel. I will post a link to my appearance in the description of this podcast, so make sure you check that out. Now, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week for you Met fans out there. So by going on Apple Podcasts, rating the show from one to five stars, five stars would be amazing, just like the Mets. And leaving a comment on the review section, you can help me help this show grow. And that's all I can ever ask from you guys. And like I said earlier, if you are a new listener to the podcast, thanks for joining us. If you are already a fan of the show, thanks for your continued support. I appreciate you. You know that. I appreciate you so much, and I tell you guys that all the time on Twitter. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. You can also find Subway to Shay on YouTube. This podcast is available on the HSP Network. Catch me alongside the flagship show, the High Spot Podcast, which covers all things professional wrestling. Just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash Podcast, and make sure to subscribe today. Well, that will do it for this week's podcast. Always remember to listen, subscribe, share, and review For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea. Let's go, Mets.